Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Well, hello again, Slurds. Welcome back to the Church to Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 205. Uh, this is the weekly rundown episode. I'll be going over the events and what has happened in... Is that how you say that? I don't think that's how you say that. Until I said it. And this is the week of the 24th, so that being Wednesday and beyond. Because we know the week starts on Wednesday in comic book world. So, um, on this episode, we're going to be talking speculation, we're going to be talking a little bit of news, we're going to be talking last week's books, uh, I know I didn't do this week, or, uh, this episode last week, because there was really just so little on my pull list, uh, to talk about, so I just wanted to spare you a 12 minute episode, essentially, and then, uh, yeah, I'm bringing back the Facebook group discussion at the end of the show, and uh, we're going to chime in on a, on a question, and the question being, or really the, the scenario being, bring back one writer to continue on a previous series that they worked on. So, uh, y'all think about that, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to get in on these discussions and have your opinions heard on the podcast, just join the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, because that's where this stuff's popping off. So, uh, without further ado, let's... Let's uh let's talk about a sponsor. <laughs> Hooked on Comics, man. You know I'm loving Hooked on Comics. I probably get a mail call once a week from Hooked on Comics now. Uh, I tune in Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays at 5 Eastern, Saturdays at 7 Eastern. You get awesome auctions. Uh, very, very reasonable books. All packaged well, taken care of. Just and, and just awesome people. They, they put on an awesome show. So find them on Tuesdays and Saturdays, uh, nsclivetv.com, the Hooked on Comics Facebook page, as well as the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, where their auctions quite often get shared out, as I do for my sponsors. So support those that support this podcast, and that being Hooked on Comics. All brought to you by nsclivetv.com, your home for the best in auction action. Now... Uh, I'm going to start out with a little bit of news. 
but just a little bit and I'm not going to I'm not going to get into the the negative obvious here but I will offer up your opinion and I would like your opinions and your answers shared in the uh in the Facebook group or you can hit me up on Twitter at cheers to comics on Twitter um so uh, nobody's safe right now in the entertainment industry, and I'm not saying anybody deserves to be protected, uh, by any means, but, you know, there's, uh, it's allegations of sexual misconduct are now coming out seemingly in droves of, uh, comic book creators, and this is, this is, it's just shitty knowing that some of these, these great, great storytellers are, coming out, and a lot of them admitting, and some of them not so much admitting, and being very harsh about other things, and other people getting accused for not reporting, you know, colleagues of misconduct knowing of what was going on. It's just an ugly situation right now. So, um, what do I have to say about it? You know, it... (laughs) I, I I can't say this is going to have me boycott books, because honestly, it sounds like the publishers are doing that for us. They're just canceling titles <laughs> uh, that creators were, were due to work on. Um, I, I think Batman's Grave might be canceled because of Warren, Warren Ellis, and then apparently it just came out that Scott Lobdell has some some things said about him, and there's there's more than one. Those are just two of the bigger names off the top of my head. All of them bummers, no more, and no, none of them a bigger bummer than the others, that, but than any other, that's for sure. You know, it's just, you know, there's, there's, uh, some of them rock the industry on, on bigger levels, though, like if they, if they were, you know, blackballed, essentially, can you imagine Scott Lobdell and <laughs> Garth Ennis not being able to continue writing comics? Like, we're talking the boys, guys, like, that's, we're talking Transmetropolitan, uh, Punisher, I mean... Ugh, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it sucks, man, this sucks, so I don't know, I'm curious as to your opinion on how you would handle this if you were in the publisher's eyes, or as a fan, how are you going to treat these situations? Me, personally, I'm not going to say I'm going to pre- pretend like it never happened, That that's, that's terrible, um, but the way I see it is if the uppers deem it worthy for them to continue to publish these writers' books, then I'm not going to miss out on a story. That doesn't mean I'm going to go to a con and shake their hand anymore or support them in that way. But if they're writing a character that I'm particularly attracted or attached to, then yeah, so be it. If the, if the publishers and editors are going to let them continue on, then... Obviously, they see some sort of glimmer and hope and whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, a lot of these allegations are years and years and years old. And, you know, I'm not saying that excuses anything. But uh, there's no but. It's just, it is what it is. It's, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let me know how you feel. Uh, add Cheers to Comics on Twitter. Join the Cheers to Comics Facebook group. Let me know. So, uh, that's all. I'm going to leave it at that with the news. There's not really much else going on. It's, uh, and to me, no news is good news. It just so happens that the little bit of news that I did have was just the, the worst kind of news, really. Other than somebody dying, 
Uh, this this is about the worst news I could deliver, so I apologize. Let's get into the future now. Let's talk the future. We're talking speculation lotto. Now these 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 are just some books that could contain some some uh, financial gain, some value due to key appearances or events or whatever it may be. And once again, this is all purely speculation. Uh, some of these books are all, 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 already going up in price. Some of them, not so much. Some of them, it's just uh, maybe hold on to it and cross your toes and see what happens. Uh, first one being uh, TMNT number 105 and the ongoing. Uh, the, the Splinter Clan, as the, the, the team has now dubbed themselves, takes on a... Uh, uh, a, a new turtle, Alapex, uh, and I guess it's kind of spoilery, but yeah, Alapex joins the Splinter Clan, becomes the the green bandanaed fighter. Uh, Alapex, yeah, no, I mean I'll get into more about Alapex when I get into the overview on turtles, but uh, yeah, man, <laughs> uh, I don't know what kind of weight that's going to hold, but I would definitely hold on to your copy of 105. It's probably going to mean something for at least a little bit. I bet you at one point in time, it, it, it means something big and it heats way the heck up. But that's just my speculation there. Next up, we've got Red Hood, The Outlaw, number 46. Apparently, this is the first appearance of Bizarro's mother. What that could mean for the future, who knows? It's probably definitely a long-term minor key at best. Uh, but in the meantime, I mean, it's still it's still a first appearance. So if you're just into collecting history, no matter how big that piece of history may be, then it's a it's a minor key, to say the least. And then the big one, the big hot book of the week is Thor. Thor number five. Um, all the variants and everything are going for Buku. I think uh, just the A cover alone right now is going for right around 15 bucks because it's the first appearance of the Black Winter in full form. He is badass looking, and it does look like this is a character that is going to be around for a minute. Um, yeah, they just they just put so much into the introduction of this character. It'd be just a shameful waste to to kill him off quick and not mean make him mean something huge and based off of you know how interactive Kate's is with his fans it, it really seems like yes this this book's sticking around so yeah man Thor number five hop book of the week so uh let's uh shit how does this go it's been a while <laughs> let's get us some overviews man let's talk some comics i'm fiending to talk about comics i didn't get to talk about any comics last week um it's not that they weren't good there just wasn't enough for me to talk about is all uh when about death metal i didn't know what to say because just like with metal like yeah i enjoyed what i read but i wasn't completely sure what i read <laughs> it was just fun so uh, me explaining it is pretty much me just be like me interviewing and an actor and just asking him a question like hey remember that movie that you did it was just uh, it, it wouldn't be very intelligent let's put it that way so uh let's uh let's talk let's talk last week's books baby good stuff this week bit of big thick juicy stack all right first up we've got thor number five legacy 731 this is donny cates it's nick klein it's matt wilson it's a nick klein cover on the A cover, at least. 
So essentially what's happening here is uh, Galactus, uh, he's, uh, you know, absorbed the last planet. He's all super powerful and what have you, but Black Winter shows up anyways. And we get ourselves a little battle. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's all tricks and what have you. The Black Winter keeps disguising himself as different former foes of Thor. You know, uh, everywhere from uh, Gore to Loki and... Uh, just all, all around, and then it turns into this big, you know, battle with Thor and all of this shit, and I don't know if he's fighting, like, illusions or what What the hell's going on, but it's definitely a, a hell of a, a hell of a fight. Um, and I mean, it's everyone from Apocalypse to Juggernaut and Malekith, and, uh, I mean, Loki's actually, Loki does make an appearance, he doesn't really show up in the fight, because it looks like Black Winter's trying to make shit look realistic, Loki wouldn't be fighting Thor on this type of level, he might be trying to deceive him, but he's never really trying to, like, fight him like that, so, um, yeah, well, that's what's going on there, well, really, once it, once Black Winter shows his face, he tells, look, he says, look, well, what I have coming, this is just the tip of the iceberg, it's about to be uh, unholy terror like a motherfucker, so, <laughs> just beware, and, uh, by the way, I'm not here for you, Thor, I'm here for Galactus, and, uh, you know, Galactus was spared his, uh, and, and the destruction of his planet, and as it turns out, the big reveal, big spoiler, is that Galactus is the herald of the Black Winter, <laughs> gnarly dude. This is this is just Kate's doing his thing, man. It was a beautiful book to look at. All the hype is real on this. Thor's run is fucking awesome, man. So that's Thor. Next up, we've got Immortal Hulk number 34. This is Legacy 751. Al Ewing and Butch Guise and Tom Palmer filling in here. Guest artists. We've got an Alex Ross cover, as we usually do. We've got a dope-ass leader forehead just all up in your, all up in your face on there. Um, so we kind of, we, we get this whole uh, story following Sam Stearns. S Sam Stearns is essentially the leader and we get, um, his origin and, you know, how he keeps coming back with the gamma or, you know, he, he was exposed to the gamma blast and then he died and when he died, he saw something, uh, that he couldn't, he, he needs to figure out what it was. He couldn't fathom it. So he he's able to obtain more and more knowledge. Well, he keeps dying, he, or he goes through a series of deaths, and every time he dies, he gets he, a little bit closer to figuring out what the fuck this thing is that he saw. And so he's, he's really just on this all quest for all knowledge. Um... So, I mean, he's, he's after Banner's research and just, yeah, everything. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> when, when he gets to one specific point of death, he's confident enough, like, all right, I've got all the knowledge, now I'm going to die again on purpose. And, um, and when he gets there, he, he comes across Brian Banner, which is Bruce Banner's daddy, which, as we know, kind of turns out, or we're speculated to believe that he is the one below all. So the leader at this point may potentially have willed, I don't know, and it's just, <laughs> like, he, his ability to come back to life, it's it's not because he's uh, immortal or anything like that, it's not, you know, he's just, he's so smart, he's able to literally have his brain will himself back to life. So, yeah, he's, he's indestructible, he's not immortal, but he's, he, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, it's just great fucking storytelling, but there's one big thing to get out of this, because it's, uh, 
I mean, it, it, it's still <laughs> Al Ewing telling his his Hulk in the way he tells it. There's a lot of story going on in there. There's a huge fucking reveal. Um, and that being the She-Hulk back in Civil War 2 does not actually uh, just go into a coma by the hands of Thanos. Uh she 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 dies, but she doesn't die. She comes back, thus making her immortal. So, for those of you that don't know, um, uh, it's it's been an announced that Al Ewing's run on Immortal Hulk is going to end at fifty, and then he's going to start Immortal She-Hulk. So, uh, this maybe this book here um, is could be considered a key because it's a reveal. Uh, that, 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 that's possible, but I think the big thing is, is it takes you back to what the actual key book would be, and that kind of relates to what Avengers 681 No Road Home would be, and that's the first appearance of Immortal Hulk. Well, Civil War 2, number 4, would be the first appearance of Immortal She-Hulk. Uh, I'd say jump on that book right now, because it's already going up in price. I'm seeing it. It's going for over 10 bucks already. Uh, people laughed at every single issue of uh, Immortal War. I mean, Civil War Two. There seems to be no keys to pop out of there, which I find to be just ridiculous. I mean, we get Ulysses. First Ulysses. Uh, but that's, that's beyond the point. The fact is, is there is definitely a key to be had. Uh, out of Civil War 2 now, and that's issue number 4 on that, because it it very well will blow up into the highly sought-after first appearance of Immortal She-Hulk. So get in on that. That's, that's Immortal Hulk, number 34. Continuing on, we're finally continuing on with this event that I had little faith in, but I'm being proven wrong. Thankfully, I love being wrong about something that I didn't have faith in. That'd be Iron Man 2020. We're past halfway now. This is issue number four. It's Dan Slott. It's Christos Gage. We've got Pete Woods doing the cover, uh, at least the cover A that I picked up. Now, uh, Mark 1, which is essentially AI Tony. Uh, he doesn't like to be called Tony. Like He goes by Mark 1. Um, he's He's dead. <laughs> Uh, and f but Friday's communicating with his conscious. Hey, remember Friday? And in there, she stirs up some things, and, uh, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But meanwhile, Sunset Bane, she's trying to, to distribute this obedience operating, or this OS, I guess, to the world leaders. Uh, you know, all these motherfuckers saying, all right, you become a part of the army brigade as well, and you guys all support this thing, and you guys control your, your, your tech, and... Yeah. Um, well, meanwhile, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on here. Machine Man brings Joe Costa's head to Andy Bang. Andy Bang, he he has history with, oh, I forget what it was exactly, but he has a history of you know dealing with this type of AI stuff. Um, and because Joe Costa at this point in time, she is also under the obedience uh, software. So, yeah, well, over time, he eventually gets her to kind of click back, and then, bam, we've got Jocasta back. Uh, meanwhile, um, Howard and Maria Stark, which are AI, uh, well, resurrects, if you will, they're wandering the streets because they realize that their, their son is a fucking lunatic, so they're trying to escape him, but they can't really escape him because 
they have this uh, immune system problem with the respiratory whatever because Arno, he was a bubble boy as a kid. Well, for, unfortunately, he had to use some of his DNA to be able to bring them back in some sort of physical form. And unfortunately, they were stricken with the same type of autoimmune deficiencies. So, yeah, they're not doing well out in public. <laughs> so that's that's kind of a dark, grim situation there. I mean, yeah, they're still AI, and they weren't exactly the best parents. But, you know... Uh, <laughs> Whew, grim stuff, dude. Grim stuff. Uh, but think, you know, thankfully, while this is going on, Friday is able to convince Tony that he isn't just AI by essentially saying all of this is in your head. So by you, uh, uh, how would I, say, how would you, say, by you depicting me as somebody trying to convince you that you are worthy and you're more than just a, a, an AI resurrect. It's actually you believing it yourself. And then he t is able to take the credit, credit himself and say that he convinced himself that he's cute. So he's back to being Tony Stark like a motherfucker and he's about ready to pound some heads. And Yeah, man. Um, also, <laughs> Arno also reveals that Bane is actually AI as well. The Sunset Bane that we thought we've been fucking with is an AI clone. <laughs> uh, it, get, it gets dark, guys. The actual Bane is in some fucking test tube. And she sees that and she's... Oh, man, this is, a, this is a great fucking series. It really is. I'm loving this. I'm loving the shit out of this. this, this uh, I mean, maybe I love Iron Man. Uh, maybe I just love everything Iron Man. But... Uh, I, I would hate something that's bad, Iron Man. I, I, I really do. Uh, or I really would. And this isn't it. This is good fucking Iron Man. So get in on Iron Man 2020 if you haven't. The hype is real. And I haven't really been reading any of the, uh, the, the uh, uh, tie-ins, though. The side shots. I just, I've been buying them just for the sake of masochism. But <laughs> I, I really haven't been reading them. Uh, it was Force Works. I dug the shit out of Force Works, but that's that's another story. That does it for Marvel. I'm actually gonna carry on into Indies now. Next up in the Indies, we've got from Boom Studios, the Mighty Morphinist of Power Rangers, the Big Issue 50. It's Ryan Parrott. It's Daniel Di Nicuolo and Walter Biamonte. And I went with the Jamal Campbell A cover. It's the left side of the connecting uh, covers there. Uh, so, yeah, really, it's kind of Rangers versus Dane, or the Rangers down, <laughs> the, it's, it's hard to kind of decipher which Rangers are what, because there's new Rangers that are a part of the, the, the Angel Grove team, and then now we've got the Omega Rangers that are out in space fucking shit up that were part of the original Rangers cast, but this is all divided and everything, so just know that I guess we'll call them Team One Rangers are fighting Dane down in Safe Haven. Dane's that super powerful dog creature. Um, and then Tommy realizes, uh, you know, he pretty much the the team convinces Tommy that they're able to hold him off long enough because Tommy needs to go, uh, kind of help Jason and the the Omega Rangers because they he's the only Zord remaining at this point and yeah. Um, so what the 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 Rangers do to be able to kind of account for the lack of Tommy is Dane knows all their moves that they've ever done before so they gotta start doing shit they've never done before so what they start doing is switching weapons 
And that, you know, that's, that gives them the advantage. And essentially, long story short, without going, you know, panel by panel on this, Dave and, Dane, Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dane ends up surrendering, or not necessarily surrendering, but um, fleeing, if you will. Um, well, yeah, uh, meanwhile, X1, or XI, Xi, I'm pretty sure it's XI. He's trying to bring back the Ranger Slayer through this gate, and guess what? It helps. And that's actually what gets Dane to really retreat, is beyond this weapon switching or whatever, Ranger Slayer shows up, and he's like, oh, shit, that bitch is cray-cray. And he pieces the fuck out. Um. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he when, when he retreats, he goes right to, to, to Lord Zed, and he lets him out of his cell, because he was in some sort of uh, uh, imprisonment. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and he says, look, now we're even, and Zed says, eh, eh you sure, we're even for now, but we'll, we'll, we'll see, and, you know, he just kind of shoes Dane on his way and says, believe me, I'll be, you ain't shit to me, Dane, we, we you still, yeah, you still have shit coming to you, uh, whatever that, I mean, I don't know, there's, <laughs> did I miss something there, maybe, but, yeah, there's, there's some, they're essentially setting up Dane to come back. Um, but meanwhile, Tommy, he, he's able to take down Kaya and all those motherfuckers to help the Omega Rangers up top, and then, no, Kaya's defeated, and then we get a whole bunch of Rangers in school type of, Rangers in school, Power Rangers type of stuff that we normally get at the end of every episode or issue, depending on how you consume your Power Rangers. So, that's what's going on with Boom. Next up from Image, we've got Middle West number 17, Scotty Young, Jorge Corona, Jean-Francois Buelle, and uh, I got the Jorge Corona cover. I believe that's the only cover that I saw. No, no, there is a B cover to this one, actually. No, is there? I don't know. Fuck, I don't remember. But either way, I got the A. So, at this point in time, Maggie and her little uh, brigade townsfolk freak show type of people, they arrive at Raider Farms to rescue um, Abel and crew. Uh, well, hmm, uh, Raider immediately just kind of declares war, and there's casualties all over the place. Um, and he's making Abel watch all of it, because he says, look, dude, all of this is your fault. All of this. If they, <laughs> if you wouldn't have made the impression on them, and you weren't blah, 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 blah. Uh, really, what 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 ends up happening is Abel uh, he finds the means to kind of slip through because I think uh, is it Bobby shows up or Wrench shows up and kind of uh, a familiar face shows up and uh, causes some sort of distraction to Raider just long enough for Abel to you know piece the fuck out. But then, then he 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 goes into the 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 I forget what they call them, but the very volatile fields explosively gaseous and volatile fields, and he becomes a big giant goddamn rage tornado monster, and it causes all types of flames, and he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger than we've ever seen it. And this is actually the second-to-last issue of the entire series. So the, the run itself is just 18 issues, so the next issue is the final issue, and I would imagine we're going to get some fucking huge, epic, badass conclusion, because we know his daddy's going to show up. And, I mean, <laughs> there's just a lot going on here, guys. I mean, everybody could possibly die at this point. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past Scotty Young at one bit. If Abel, in some ironic fashion, 
just killed everybody. Maggie, Bobby, Melted Wrench, his daddy, everybody. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me speculating, though. I think it'd make for good comics. Uh, cool, that's Middle West number 17. Uh, like I said, go pick this book up and trade, man. It's good stuff. It's six issue arcs. Scotty Young knows. He, he doesn't just know how to draw babies. He can write the fuck out of a comic. Especially in indie. Next up, we've got Outer Darkness and Crossing Over with Chew. Number three, this is John Lehman and Afu Chan along with Rob Guillory. Uh, I got both covers, Afu Chan and Rob Guillory. Unfortunately, the Guillory cover has not arrived yet. Uh, one thing that I w- I'm just going to kind of sidebar for a second. One thing that has been making my life a wee bit difficult right now is the fact that I'm not... There may be books that you may be totally 100% full-on expecting me to be talking about because they're on my pull list, but they're not giving, getting distributed on time. And I don't like talking about books that you know that are a week late. So, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> There's just books that, you know, because of distribution, I fall just a little bit behind, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Uh, but one of the that's with me saying I, I ordered the, the Guillory variant on this as well, but it just it's one of those books that just hasn't fucking arrived yet. It's strange. Uh, so, what's going on here <laughs> is Pollo, or a.k.a. what is now known as the God of Death, big fire chicken, he is in the room with... The, he's in the engine room. Now, if you're not familiar with Outer Darkness lore, the uh, engines are powered... And these ships, these giant spaceships, are powered by uh, essentially gods. Their energy is contained into a cell and yeah, powers the ship, or the Sharon in this in this manner. Uh, so, oh, it's, it's fucking Pollo Loco versus... <laughs> The god, the engine god. Uh, not even the the crew of the Sharon have much faith for <laughs> for for their engine though. That's that's uh, prompts them into some sort of we gotta hurry the fuck up. Uh, really, what this is, guys, is this is a farewell to a, a disappointing and unexpected farewell to Outer Darkness because it was canceled. This is the last bit of Outer Darkness we'll get a read, and it's. It's a great ode to some some chew characters, and I'm not gonna go into this bit by bit. It's <laughs> not necessarily a 100% happy ending, as layman tends not to do. So, but I do I, I do recommend this this three part miniseries with all of my recommendation knowing skills. <laughs> so get in on that, guys. Uh, carrying on from. Hattie W, we have TMNT Jenica, number three. This is another three-part miniseries concluding. This is done by Brom Revel, um, cover and all. So, uh, Jenica, she's being convinced by her, her ex, Sai, that there is some sort of cure out there that can, you know, essentially turn mutants back, and it's been rumored that, you know... There, there was, you know, back in the day, there were some mutants that, you know, there were some people that would take it and turn into a mutant, and they'd come right back, and without any side effects. So I figure, okay, well, uh, what if about a, what about a mutant just taking it and they just turn back to a human and they're good? And there's been, you know, like I said, some air quote confirmed reports of that happening. So, uh, size little gang of miscreants convince 
Jenica, alright, let's go into this little cult type of situation and figure this shit out. Well, when they get there, they realize that it's, or at least Jenica realizes that this is sketchy as shit, as well it should be, but it's also very amateur. Like, the word, <laughs> like, there, there's seriously a sign that says cure with an arrow, and, like, the R is backwards, like a fucking uh, halfwit wrote it. Well, it turns out a halfwit did write it. A couple of halfwits uh, together couldn't put together a full wit, and that'd be Bebop and Rocksteady. They claim to hold the cure. Well, a lot of, you know, size crew still believes this, but Jenica not so much. She tries to convince everybody this isn't a thing, but it turns, um, ruckusy. And yeah, it turns into a whole lot of fleeing. Sai uh, grabs the jar and he takes off, and we, we get this chase at this point in time. Uh, Jenica and Sai, and Jenica's trying to say, look, dude, these guys are fucking idiots, you just don't get it. Well, he he trips, he falls, the, 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 the ooze spills out. He goes to lap it up, and he realizes nothing happens, and yes, it is a whole thing. Uh, and really, what it turns out to be is the moral of the story is, uh, I guess it's, it's just not easy being a mutant, and you gotta deal with it. Um, uh, Sai really, 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 really wanted to turn back, and then they reveal what type of weird-ass animal he was, because like I said when I reviewed, I wouldn't say reviewed, talked about the first issue of this, couldn't really tell what the fuck type of animal he was, uh, but it turns out he's a muskrat, and that's why he's saying, look, that's why I always smell all the time, and no one wants to be around me, and I'm just... Uh, this, this sucks being a muskrat. I just don't want to do that. I'm, I'm desperate. I'll take a one in a billion chance if they're, you know, you're saying there's a chance. I'll take it. So it's kind of sad uh, when it all comes down to it. But Jenica, in her own way, and Brom Rebel, in his own way, kind of make it, you know, just come out. Of, it's not easy being a mutant, but it's not all that bad either. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh,. It's a it's it's a it's a head scratcher. That's for sure. And I don't mean I mean in, not in a bad way. I, I I dug it, man. It's a cool little mini series, and I picked up two copies of each of this because I'm gonna give my little girl a copy. She's a huge Turtles fan. When she found out Jenica was a thing, there's a girl turtle. <laughs> she uh she flipped the hell out. So, and we're gonna sit down. We're gonna read this together as a whole and see what she gets out of this. I'm curious, man. But it is a book that I would recommend for all ages for sure. Uh, next up, we've got the ongoing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 105. It's Sophie Campbell and Rhonda Patterson. Uh, Sophie Campbell did the cover. Uh, kudos and shout-out to Sophie Campbell. Writing and drawing turtles. That's not an easy feat. It, and she's killing it right now. So, uh, you know, that's where we left off last. Turtles were just kind of enjoying a night out on the concert. Uh, and then, we, you know, they're out there just kind of laughing, you know, being on the streets in the alley or whatever, like you do outside, like, you know, it's like if you're at a concert and people out there smoking, it'd be like the equivalent of that type of gathering, just no cigarettes. Um, Raph is having a little lovey-dovey moment with, uh, um, oh shit, what's her name? Uh, Alapex, and Alapex is some sort of weird cat type of mutant, mutant animal. Um, and they even get a little little kissy face going on. Ew. But here's the deal. is In, in the background lurks a couple of, of real real shitheads. And it's, a, what is it, Koya and Bludgeon. Um, apparently they had 
uh, intentions on pouncing, but for whatever reason, Bludgeon, uh, he's a big shark-looking motherfucker, he just kind of says, look, um, they're, they're, they're smiling right now, let's let them have their smile, or whatever, however the hell he says it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, Koyal is not really into that idea at all, but I don't, I don't know, I, I don't really know what to take of that, but I would imagine, it just made me feel good, whatever it was, and if that was just the point of it, then they, they, she, she nailed it, Sophie Campbell nailed it, because whatever it was, it was a couple of shitheads, and one shithead says, look, these, we could, we could, mess with these guys anytime like look look how happy they are all are you know they're they're you know splinter just died and shit and, eh, they're all together Let's let them have their moment i don't know it made me feel good um but beyond all that you know the, the 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 turtles welcome into what is now known as the splinter can can clan a new member, the first non-turtle member of the splinter can, clan uh gets a green bandana and everything Guys, I mean, we're adding, we're adding ninjas. We're adding teenage mutant ninja beasts. <laughs> uh, twice this year now. We've got two additions. First female. Now we've got two females on the team. Uh, and like I said, first non-turtle. This is this this could be big. This could be big. I would go through and maybe look for the first appearance of Alapex if you could. Could be something, could be something, uh, and then you know after everybody gets together, they you know start doing a little montaging of them training in a dojo, a bunch of other mutanimals, and it's all super Karate Kid. But but there is there is uh, something pretty awesome that opens up at the end, and I'm sure it means something. I don't know what it means, but we get this futuristic turtle that pops through a fucking portal. Don't know what it means. Looks badass as shit though. Uh, I'm, I'm loving the hell out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you're not reading it, I I recommend it. I really do. And does it for the indies. Let's uh, let's carry on to DC. Let's wrap it up with DC. We got a few DC books here to read. We've got Suicide Squad number six. It's Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo, and Adriano Lucas. Covered by Bruno Redondo and Marcello Mialo. I think I finally said that right. So what's going on here, essentially, is in the last issue, Jog had to go through and sacrifice himself and fucking uh, pull a bunch of goddamn bombs from brains after Locke, the guy seemingly in charge, uh, was double-crossed and went to go pull the trigger on everybody and got deaded. Uh, Deadshot killed him. So, uh, at this point in time, they kinda, they're all recovering because some back alley doctor had to do the final touches and remove the bombs properly and blah, blah, blah. But then they say, you know, she's like, hey, you know, I got this last thing we're gonna do. And she's got this weird, very ominous looking in, uh, syringe. They just, you might as well just have skull and crossbones on it. And, uh, who was it? Finn and one of the other Suicide Squad members is like, uh, you're a fucking lying bitch. We could tell. And they realize, yeah, okay, she fucking, she, she was dead. Uh, or she was trying to kill us. Why would she help us and then try to kill us? Well, then they realize that, oh shit, there's a $25 million bounty on us as a team. So maybe she might have figured that out afterwards. Uh, or she wanted to make sure that nobody else got credit for the kill. If the bombs went off or whatever, whatever possibly happened. 
Um, so that doesn't really work out in her favor. Uh, so the, the team says, okay, we got to fucking get the fuck out of Dodge. So let's go to fucking Gotham. <laughs> so they pile in a truck and they get to Gotham, but then they get surrounded by, was it the, uh, was it the League of Assassins? No, Assassin, who, shit, who is it? Ah, oh, fuck. That's just a bunch of goddamn assassins. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the truck rolls over and everything. They're getting fucked up. And then when they, you know, say, okay, let's, let's go outside. We're going to take on, we're severely outnumbered. Well, they open the doors to the truck, and then all the assassins are down. Well, Batman was there. Batman took down all the assassins. Now, uh, Har- Harley doesn't, I mean, she's, she doesn't want anything to do with fighting Batman, but the rest of the squad... They do their thing to try to subdue him. Uh, and <laughs> long story short, through a series of events, they, they, they kind of have their way. Now, and only because they use um, <laughs> lack of animal abuse as this as, as weakness. They, they pretty much hold up a puppy in front of him, knowing that he's not going to hurt him. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's silly fun, man. It's awesome comics. It's Batman. Batman's going to, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> It's great shit, but really the thing to get out of all of this is actually the a solo battle between Batman and Deadshot. And Deadshot, it comes to light that both Harley and Deadshot were actually pardoned a long time ago. They had already fulfilled their end of the contract. They were just being lied to and essentially uh, enslaved by Locke. By forcing them to still work. Because, yeah, like I said, their end of the bargain was held up. They've been free to go for a long time. Well, uh, Deadshot takes this as an opportunity. He says, fuck it, I'm just going to retire. And he lets Batman know. And Batman just kind of... He and Batman have a pretty awesome series of panels where they just cordially and begrudgingly at the same time part ways. And that's... I mean, that's, that's it. Deadshot carries on, man. And he's no longer a member of the squad. And... He's washing his hands from being a criminal. He's, he's, he's done. He's done being a bad guy. Um, now I happen to know some things that are confirmed about his future, but I'm not going to spoil anything like that. But just know that, as for now, he fucking went out with uh, an amazing issue. They didn't kill anybody in here, but they retired a goddamn legend. Uh, so, Tom Taylor, just still doing his thing. I was absolutely right when I said Suicide Squad's going to be the Sleeper DC book. And it, it really is. With what he's doing with Suicide Squad and Deceased, Tom Taylor is potentially the best writer DC has. Carrying on, second to last DC book, we have Batman Beyond number 44. This is Dan Jurgens and Sean Chan and Sean Parsons and Chris Sotomayor. Uh, covered by Dustin Nguyen. So at this point, uh, it's Terry rushing Damien along with his... Uh, fuck, what's his goddamn... Big Devil Dragon's name. I forget. But him. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're on their way to try to get Damien to a hospital. Because Terry shows up and realizes that fuck, Damien's fucked up. Don't know how, why, or anything like that. It's essentially just a barely a, a, a hardly lifeless body. Well, Bruce intercepts and says, Look, now take him to me. Bring him here to my little hideout because I have something better in the hospital. I have this little resurrection chamber or healing chamber or whatever the fuck they call it. Well, uh, Terry, he's he's skeptical, but he says, all right, fuck it, I'll detour. Uh, 
then he gets held up. And this is where the League of Assassins comes in. Still, too, it's, it's way too much for Terry to take on, even with his fancy new bat suit, because, you know, he's got to look after Damien as well. Uh, so Bruce comes in, and he has the secret contingency plan. Uh, first time I've ever heard that. Turns out he's actually had non-lethal cannons hidden all throughout Neo-Gotham for quite some time now. Actually, not too long at all. He's very displeased he has to use him so quick. So he does that, and then he puts out this hologram type of thing over the city to really just kind of make any overseers see whatever Bruce wants them to see. And it's very deceptive, but it keeps them from seeing a bunch of cannons being fired at the League of Assassins. It's actually happening. That gives Terry the chance to get Damien to the... Well, it's not the Batcave, but the new lair, because what's going on at the Batcave, actually, is Grayson and Elena are down there, kind of doing, uh, not necessarily clean up, but just kind of going, well, let's, let's, uh, take a tally here, or I don't know what the hell you would call it, but they're in there just kind of seeing what the fuck type of devastation happened after the whole, uh, what, what's his, um, oh, damn it, I forgot the, I forgot the dude's name, uh, I don't know, uh, Blight. Yeah, there we go. So, um, yeah, that's that's was the, they put Damien in the little resurrection thing, and then he comes back and he says it wasn't uh, the League of Assassins or anything like that. It was actually Mister Zero the whole time. It was a lieutenant of Rajah Ghul, and he's after Damien for whatever fucking reason. So that's what's going on here. We're go we're gonna have uh, what seems to be Mister Zero be the Batman Beyond villain for the foreseeable arc or so it seems still living the sh loving the shit out of batman beyond it's one of my f favorite dc arcs or arcs runs series um the the little bit of dc that i do subscribe to i i'm i'm very little of it am i just eh on i i love the dc that i am or subscribed to described why do i keep saying that screwed up twice on that uh, Alright, let's talk the last overview of the week. We've got the big bad Batman number 93. It's James Tinian, Tinian the fourth, Gilliam March, Javier Fernandez, Tomal Moray, and David Barone. I got the Tony S. Daniel and Tomal Moray cover, being the A cover. Um, well, right now, it's a, essentially, it's for the... Batman confronts Designer as it left off in the fun, or the last issue, and Batman and Designer just kind of confirming, oh, yep, this was the plan, yep, you were right there, but I also think this is the plan, and they just kind of, they're wrapping up the whole motive of everything. And then it turns into a literal sword fight between Batman and Designer. While that's going on, we, conf we go over to Underbroker and Catwoman, and there's some financial dealings with going on there. Um... <laughs> While that's happening, Punchline and Harley are fighting for the first time. Harley gets her throat slit. Just saying. Gets her throat slit, falls in the water, Punchline jets the fuck off. Uh, Batman unravels, designer, or takes off designer's mask to realize... Or to Yeah, it's it was actually one of Joker's little fake corpses the whole time. I don't know how he does it, but that's that's what was going on there. So what that actually means is that the designer the whole time, or as of lately, 
is actually the Joker himself, and because it is, it's through, revealed through the whole um, kind of just wrapping up the last eight inch eight issues essentially uh, of material and just a few panels of them saying, "All right, this th- these were the plans the for the designer had for each individual villain that he had brought into this," and now. Um, yeah, this this is how it's all working out for him, and then, yeah, like I said, it turns out that, uh, they didn't, uh, designer in the beginning didn't, or underestimated Joker, so that's why, yeah, Joker being the designer now is just all, it uh, just goes to show how powerful the Joker's <laughs> tactics really turn out to be. Uh, there's, <laughs> uh, then we go back, at that time, Batman realizes that, look, it wasn't, um, Batman as the target the whole time it was actually Catwoman because Catwoman possesses the ability to do something that could take down Batman's biggest superpower and that being his money so remember how the underbroker the uh, the designer's financial guy was kind of bullshitting with Catwoman well she gets duped into uh, opening up funds and making them accessible and transferable because punchline comes in subdues catwoman uh before you know the, her part her part of the transaction can be complete thus allowing all of bruce wayne's assets and funds all 100 billion dollars to be transferred over to the account of the joker and that is how Batman number 93 ends. That is so fucking metal. It is so gnarly. James Tinian IV is killing it. Killing it on Batman right now. So I just... <laughs> oh, man. I, they, uh, f- for every book that I couldn't find a reason to talk about last week, I found plenty of reason. <laughs> I mean, there were two books, two amazing books to talk about this week. That's for sure. Three amazing books. I just, I just loved what I overviewed. I loved what I read. Uh, I don't think anything that I read actually went into honorable mentions. So, yeah, um, and speaking of honorable mentions, we're going to get on with that. But first, I'm going to take just a little bit of a break. I'm going to have a podcast shout-out and possibly a word from a sponsor. And, uh, yeah, I'll be right back with honorable mentions and um, the, 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 the Facebook discussion. So, hang tight. I'll be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right. I am back to talk about honorable mentions. These are the books that uh, didn't quite make the overviews, but by no particular negative reason by any means. Essentially, these are just books I couldn't find particular, you know, talking points on, or whatever reason there may be. I'll let you know as it goes along. Um, in no particular order, the first honorable mention is God Killers. Uh, this is a book that I've been um, I, I've been reading since issue one. I didn't get around to issue three this week, 
but I think this is going to be something I just kind of um, maybe read to completion because it's very dense, but super horrific and gory and awesome. From Boom is Once in Future, number eight. Uh, I'm a little behind on this series, that's all. But it's still on the pull list, still collecting it. From Image is Spawn 307. This is uh, a series that I really just kind of read sporadically. Uh, I love Spawn, but it, you know I just kind of pick it up when I when I just choose to. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't get around to it this week. Uh, Justice League number 47. Uh, so this is a book that I didn't get around to because uh, I'm behind on Justice League because, well, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, number 46 didn't show up on time. It showed up uh, a week late. And that made me fall behind, and I yeah, I just can't just... I don't know. Uh, I'll catch up to it, though. I, I am into Justice League, for sure. I've been digging the shit out of this arc, too. It really set up something cool. Uh, Rogue Planet, number two. Number one didn't show up. I opened this book expecting it to feel like a number one, and it didn't because it was a number two. So I'm all off on this book. I, I, I liked what I read. I just don't know what I read because I missed the introduction. Uh, the Fear and the Tramp. This uh, number two and three came out on this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just wait for the fourth one to come out and finish it in four-part completion. I read number one. I had Sean McArdle on the podcast. I dug the hell out of it. I thought it was witty. It was fun. It was smart. It was really everything I want out of that type of book. So, yeah, I'll, I'll read it to 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 completion when it's when it all comes out. One more issue to go. Star Wars Bounty Hunters number three. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean I was digging what I was reading. I just I just didn't get around to it this week. Um, the first two issues were awesome though. I had Ethan Sachs on the show not too long ago as well. Actually, uh, Rescue Twenty Twenty number two wasn't particularly fond of the the first issue. It's not that it was bad. It's just um, I just felt it to be kind of unnecessary. So I didn't really prompt myself to read issue two of this, but I am a masochist, so I collect all of <laughs> the tie-ins when it comes to uh, Marvel events. Uh, Justice League Dark, number 23. Every time I mention this book, I'm that much further behind. <laughs> Uh, I've been collecting the issue, or the the series since issue one. I think I stopped reading at issue six or something like that. Uh, maybe maybe eleven. I don't remember if I got through one or two arcs, but um, it's not that I didn't like it. It was just dense and um, yeah. I, I have I already have a thick pull list every week, so yeah, I just kind of one of those things where I'll just have it and I'll get to it on a on a on a rainy day. And that does it for honorable mentions. I do got to shout out a couple more books, and those are the pretty books. I call them wall books. The wall books are the books that I really just buy for cover appeal. You know, I, if you guys were to ever see Studio Cerebro, I surround myself with all of my favorite wall books. Uh, so I just kind of look and gawk at them anytime I want. So this week, um, it's a Francesco Mattina theme, as it really kind of tends to be. Spawn 307, this is the C cover, it's the Francesco Matina variant. I collect all of the Spawn Matina variants, so no reason I wouldn't have this one. It's going to look good, filling a gap on the wall. Um, also, Batman number 93, I collect everything Francesco Matina, to be honest. And I've been getting all of the Batman Francesco Matinas. This is, 
This is a this is a sweet cover. It's Harley Quinn uh, with Joker face wearing a Joker mask, and she's super. I don't know. She's just punked out, man. It's purple as fuck. I love it. I love it. It's a sweet cover. It's gonna go right up behind me, right behind the chair at the desk of Studio Cerebro. And uh, that does it for wall books, guys. That does it for wall books. I know in uh, all my previous episodes, at this point, I'd go through and I'd run down my favorite everything um, of every episode. But just, no, I mean, it's all, it was all fucking awesome. It really was. Uh, I, I think I'm going to cut that bit out. I don't, I don't want to single anything out or make anything seem like, nah, no, nah, that's kind of pussy of me. <laughs> and not everybody gets a trophy. Um, easily the best cover of the week goes to Batman number 93. Um, and this is all off the top of my head. I clearly haven't had any time to think about this. Uh, my favorite story of the week is probably Suicide Squad, just because of how it ends between Batman and, uh, Deadshot. Um, uh, my favorite interiors of the week, uh, that's, that, that, that's tough. I'd have to look at the, um... Oh, no, it's Outer Darkness 2, man. I love Afu Chan and Rob Guillory teaming up. Uh, Rob Guillory is my favorite working interior artist, and Afu Chan's drawing some of my favorite characters ever, and seeing that spin on that, yeah. So that's 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 where I'm at on that. Um, if you're looking for visuals, Outer Darkness 2, not to take away from the other aspects of the book, my favorite cover goes to Batman number 93, the B cover, and my favorite story goes to Suicide Squad number 6. So that's where we're at there. Uh, not everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> now let's talk uh, Facebook. I, I put up the question. I posed the, uh, well, like I said, the dilemma. If you could bring back any writer to continue on a, a story that they previously worked on, who would it be? And I didn't have a whole lot of answers in on this, but the answers I did have, uh, I, I enjoyed for sure. None of them were wrong. There was definitely one right answer, though, and I think I even commented on that, but I'll get to that. Uh, the first comment is actually Jeffrey Willits. Jeffrey says, that's easy, Grant Morrison on The Invisibles. Like, cool, man. That's definitely a great answer. Um, for that to be your top pick, shit, that says a lot about The Invisibles and Grant Morrison. Uh, Ken, Ken M., from the ODPH, shout out to the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, for sure. <laughs> uh, he wants Scott Snyder back on Batman. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it hasn't been that long, but shit, people loved it. People loved it. But he also says Jeff John on Avengers, long forgotten run. You're right about that. I mean, that's that's an often underlooked creator titled matchup, so. Fucking A, man. Rick Fernandez says he needs Jeff Johns back on Swamp Thing. Uh, or, I mean, not on Swamp Thing, Jesus. On uh, Flash. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sure, man. Uh, that's that's definitely a great, <laughs> a great pick for sure. There's a lot of uh, calls for Jeff Johns to come back. Um, well, with him leaving Shazam here in a few issues, probably going to be open to some stuff. Now, the one absolutely correct 
no doubt answer is Alan Moore on Swamp Thing, and it's it, I mean I feel like everybody else in the the group agreed with that. <laughs> more more people agreed with that than answered the uh, <laughs> the actual question. And then the last comment on the on here was actually the the one and only David Avalone himself, the one and only David Avalone. Hmm, that sounds pretty good. He says Avalone on Betty Page. Wait, doing this wrong. <laughs> His words not mine. No, you're not doing it wrong, man. There's nothing wrong with your confidence. Uh why not bring Avalone back on Betty Page? He's the uh, I mean, he's kind of the name associated with writing Betty Page at this point. Bring back Avalone. And there you go. I mean, I pose all types of questions like this in the Facebook group. So if you want if you want your opinion to be heard or uh, you really want to get into the discussions on this, you know, I'll put up a... Or you put up your own question. Shit, you put up a good enough question in the group. I'll, fuck. Well, I'll, I'll pose it on the podcast as well. So, just the Cheers to Comics uh, group, Facebook group and Facebook. There you go. Um, and with that, it's been a podcast, folks. i got to remind you to support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. Uh, also, leave as many five-star reviews as, as many places as you can. I cannot stress enough how important those reviews are to the growth of this podcast. Um... As always, stay stay safe, stay healthy, read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics Podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast.